Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Pushing the Limits. And this week, I have the lovely Carly Taylor to guest. Now, Carly is the the wife of Paul Taylor, who was also recently on this program and who I absolutely loved. And the amazing woman who is with Paul is Carly Taylor. Now, Carly is an ACT therapist and a Marita psychology therapist. So what the heck is that all about? You might be thinking, well, she's somebody that helps you if you have problems with anxiety, with depression, with overthinking, all of those things that many of us really deal with. So today's episode is all around giving you the tools to help with all those from the point of view of ACT therapy or acceptance commitment therapy, as well as the Japanese psychology Marita therapy. Now, Carly is also a qualified nutritionist, a certified personal trainer, and a certified health coach. And she brings over 10 years experience in the area of behavior change. So I'm really, really hopeful that you're going to enjoy this episode with Carly. She's a very lovely lady and then she has a lot to give you. So enjoy that. And before we head over to the show, uh, make sure that you check out our epigenetics program. This is our flagship program that we use as a framework for all the people that we're doing health coaching with, the people that we're doing running coaching with. uh, And it's really helping you optimize your genes. So learning about what your genes are all about, who you are specifically, unique you, and then optimizing you. So in all areas, we're looking at mood and behavior. We're looking at uh, your dominant hormones. We look at the career path that may be right for you. We look at the way your brain thinks, at what time of the day you should be doing different activities. We're also, of course, looking at exercise and nutrition specific to your genes. So if you want to find out more about that program, head on over to lisatarmacy.com, hit the work with us button, and there you'll see our peak epigenetics program. Come and find out all about it or drop me a line at support at lisatarmacy.com and we'd love to help you that with that. We do run webinars so we can send you some information on it. It takes a little bit to get your head around, but I tell you, this is the future of personalized health. No longer is it a one-size-fits-all approach. This is all specific to you. It's very scientific and very evidence-based. So I hope you'll come and join us on that program. We've taken literally now hundreds and hundreds of people through this program and it gives us fantastic results. We also have, of course, our online run training system that's personalized, customized to your specific goals at runninghotcoaching.com. Find out all about the package and what's involved there. This is not by no means just for elite athletes. I don't want people to think that it's just for ultra marathon runners or just for people that are doing crazy adventures. This is for you if you're just getting off the couch, if you're doing your first K. It's also for you if you are doing your 100th, 100th marathon, uh, ultra marathon or marathon. So find out all about that at runninghotcoaching.com. Right now, over to the show with lovely Carly Taylor. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Pushing the Limits. It's fantastic to have you back with me again. Today, I have the lovely Carly Taylor with me. Welcome to the show, Carly. It's fantastic to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> oh, super excited. So uh, Carly is the famous wife of Paul Taylor, who I've had uh, recently on my podcast too, and who I really connected with. I think he's an absolute legend, your husband. What he's doing is absolutely, he, I think he's probably 
as crazy as, as me, if not worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Anne is passionate, I think. <laughs> Anne is passionate and silly yeah. and crazy. Um, and so I and I thought, who is this amazing woman that is that is with Paul Taylor? Because she'd have to be probably something special. Ah. And I started researching into what you do, and I thought, oh, I have to have you on the show as well. So welcome, Carly, and it's really Brilliant. exciting to have you. And today we're going to talk about Marita therapy and uh, ACT therapy. And I'll let you explain what all that is and give us a bit of your background. But can you just tell us who you are, where you're from and all that sort of jazz? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm a, I do one-on-one coaching. So I'm a a mindset coach, but with a a bit of a twist because I use the modalities of Japanese psychology and acceptance and commitment therapy. And I also throw in a bit of stoicism as well, because all three of those modalities are just so intertwined. And it's just what I find incredible is what's relevant today is what was relevant back 2000 years ago and also in in the Eastern, you know, in, in the Japanese psychology as well. So with Marita, so the Japanese psychology, there's, there was three components to it. So there's Marita therapy, mm-hmm. which is also known as the psychology of action. Yep. Um, which is kind of unusual because you kind of think of Eastern philosophy and, you know, when you think of meditation and contemplation and all that sort of stuff, but Marita therapy is very much about purpose and action. Um, Then there's Nikan, which is um, the self-reflection exercise that you can do, and then Kaizen as well, um, which is that sort of incremental um, things that you can do to improve you know, over time. Um, but my main focus is, is Marita therapy. Right. Okay. And yeah, so, so we, how did you get into this? So what was your background before you got into, you know, how did you get into mindset coaching? Like what's your personal yeah, it's, story? It's like? really evolved. Um, I've always been someone who likes helping people like over the years I was kind of the go-to whenever friends had problems <laughs> and you know that yeah. <laughs> um and I looked at like on. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly I was always the shoulder but it it I I think um I, I started off looking into to life coaching I did when we were in Scotland I did voluntary work with Childline Scotland and that was such a brilliant organization and they um they had really good training so I kind of started my training with with that um, um, and counselling over the phone with young people, and I really got a lot out of it. Mm. And um, I then looked at life coaching, and it kind of it didn't really resonate with me. Um, and then by the time I kind of was, you know, trying to figure out what direction I was going to go there, my background's completely different. I've, my background is music and advertising. Wow! <laughs> so I kind of did it about turn and and tried to sort of play to my strengths, I guess. Um, had kids and so you know my focus was was on on the kids and then Paul was um you know he was building his business and doing a lot of traveling doing a lot of extra educational stuff just continually learning and 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 I was I was doing that sort of in the background as well but not with the intensity that he was doing because I was with the kids and then he got on he was listening to the Art of Manliness podcast Mm -hmm. and Greg Cretch who is the um who is a marita therapy expert um was on and talking about the psychology of action wow and paul was just like my god this guy is amazing and so aligned with the stuff that we were doing and looked into it a bit further and he um we worked out that he did this certification course over in the states right and paul just said to me right it's your turn 
It's like, this is for you. If you don't do it, I'll do it. That (laughs) it's your turn. So I was way out of my comfort zone. First time left the kids and um, that traveled over to Vermont in the the States, did a 10 day residential component of the certification and then came back and then studied for a year and a half. And, and that's how I got into it. And it really, that 10 days at the Toto Institute really completely changed my life. Right. It was, you know, the, the first thing, um, jumping to one of the components of Merida therapy is around attention and where mm-hmm. you where your attention is. And one of the first things Greg said in the course was, your life is not based on your life. Your life is based on what you pay attention to. Well, And I was just like, whoa, that's, and, and it kind of just took it from there. Yep. And then when I got back, so I started, um, I started just slowly getting clients with the Japanese psychology and then I discovered ACT, which is acceptance commitment therapy, um, which was started by Stephen Hayes in the 1980s. And it's, uh, it, it is more of a, I guess, a modern approach, but same principles yep. um, of Japanese psychology. So I, I combined both of them and, um, and I just love them and I use the tools myself every day. And you've turned it into the Carly, yes, yeah, therapy, <laughs> Carly therapy, yeah. yeah. Because you know, you take you, you know, I do this too, like bits of this and a bit of that and a bit of this, yeah. and you make your own recipe and what resonates with you, what you find is working, and so yeah. on. Yeah, and what I what I actually love about it is it's not just about. Um, you know, it, it was started, Shoma Marita was a, a Japanese psychiatrist in the 1920s, started it for patients with anxiety, a form of neurosis. Mm-hmm. And it started as a um, as an inpatient program and he had quite a strict protocol that they went, went through. But what I love is that you can apply these principles into just your daily life. So it's not just about emotional well-being, it's it's about living fully every day using these principles. Wow. So let's dive into it a little bit then and start, um, you know, if, 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 if someone comes to you, you know, with anxiety, depression, something like that, where would you start with them? So like we can, what I want to get to is how do we pull out some of the tools and some of the learnings that some people can take, you know, some value away from this conversation today? Yeah, yeah. So where do we, you know, where would you start? What's this type of of, of thing that you're looking at? What sort of tools and, and, and process do you go through? Yeah, yeah. So one of the first exercises that I would do with them is to look at their life and identify what's in their control and not what is not within their control. And it's a really interesting exercise because it gets the thinking process going um, because that list of what's not in your control becomes very, very long. And the things that are within your control is actually quite short. So, you know, you look at the things that aren't in your control, you know, the obvious ones like the weather, COVID, you know, a lot of political decisions, that sort of stuff, but you drill it down and um, you can't control what other people think. You can't mm-hmm. control what other people think of you. You can certainly influence it, but you can't control it, mm-hmm. um, what they do, what they say, how they behave. Um, and you cannot control what you think or the thoughts, the, sorry, the thoughts that come into your head. The automatic head. sort of thoughts the, that the jump The automatic up. thoughts yep. and, and the automatic emotion that comes up. Of course, once those thoughts pop up, you can reframe and, you know, do all that sort of stuff. I've 
positive yeah. affirmations, all that, you know, all those sort of things. But as soon as that thought pops up into your head, that's beyond your control. Mm-hmm. We have between 70 and, uh, 70 and 80,000 thoughts yeah, a day. Apparently. So. Yeah. Crazy. yeah, I don't know who measures that. thought machines. Yeah, like does someone <laughs> say, oh, yeah, thought. <laughs> we That's are. Right. We're just churning these things out all the time. Like these. Yeah. And I, um, Dr. Uh, Amen, who uh, who I follow, Dr. Daniel Amen, he talks about ants, automatic negative thoughts. Yeah. And we, we do you think that this, this you, you're saying that, that we're not in control of those. Those are just coming through. And they, are they coming through from our programming or, or you know, a subconscious level or what's, what's yeah happening? I mean we're all individuals and we are we're a product of you know from when we are born right up to our experiences right up until this present moment but it's also good to have an understanding of how the mind works because those automatic negative thoughts if if we didn't as humans have a negative bias we wouldn't exist yeah, exactly. as a human race today yep. so yep. you know back in caveman days and you probably heard this before it's like we had to have anxiety we yep. had to have that negative skew because otherwise we were going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Yep. But in our modern world, it's those negative thoughts. It's like our, you know, what's our boss thinking of us or why haven't we got the, that many likes on our Instagram posts? And so it's there's it's not helpful. Like a lot of the stuff right now that's causing these negative thoughts is not helpful for us to live fully. Mm. So, um, so in Marita therapy, Yes, the first step is the acceptance. Oh, first of all, it's awareness, awareness of thoughts. And that's where it's good to use that metacognition of, of yeah. obs- observing your thoughts. And I so love that. being the, yeah, oh, I'm so, I, I love that. I'm constantly observing my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, there it is again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I first heard that from Craig Harper, our mutual friend at the yes. project. And, um, yeah, I've been using that a heck of a lot since I since I heard that. Where you step outside your sort of self and you watch yourself as if you were above, you know, I just yes. like a, as if I was above looking down, if, you know, my spirit self or whatever you want to call it, looking yeah. down at my brain, just tuning out this shit, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bringing, bringing forth this, blah. yeah, and, and then <laughs> looking at it and going, hang on, is that is that is that good is that serving me right now (laughs) exactly and that's the question to ask it's like if you can create space because you know and Craig would have talked about the different cells and we are not our thoughts and we're not our anxiety so there's a part of us as as humans you know animals can't do this but what makes us unique is that we're able to observe our thoughts and if we can create that space between us and our thoughts we can look at that thought more in an analytical way rather than in an emotional way and go and it's not about whether that thought is right or wrong it's it's whether it's helpful yep and is it saying us something right now yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's sort of the, the acceptance part of what's in our control, what's not in our control. And, and the big one is those thoughts and emotions. Um, and then have being aware of creating that space and observing them. That's kind of the first step. Mm-hmm. And, and in act, we call that diffusion. Um, or unhooking if so you know when when we get hooked by our thoughts it's like you know it's almost like they're pushing us around and then they start dictating what we do which is not necessarily taking us towards the person that we really want to be so if we can observe them and unhook from them Mm -hmm. then that gives us that space to choose our behavior and and choose it aligned with our values or our purpose and takes us towards the person that we want to be that's brilliant so that's like so it's really getting the, the you know the executive functioning part of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, talking yep. to 
our amygdala more or being more connected to that area this you know this frontal area of the brain that that only you know humans have really developed i mean some primates and stuff have have to a certain degree but um so because a lot of us go around being hijacked by our amygdala yeah all the time so that's the you know reptilian part of the brain that sort of more primitive part of the brain that is responding very very quickly quicker than the prefrontal cortex to dangers in your environment or negative things happening in environment yeah it was there as a survival mechanism you know, I, I was talking about this the other day, and I and I said how fast my amygdala switches on when when something in my environment happens. Say someone cuts me off in traffic; those yeah. first automatic thoughts, if you like, that come up from the amygdala before I've switched my logical adult brain on. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna punch that dude in the face. You know, <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness your prefrontal cortex switches in then and says, "Don't do that." <laughs> yes, and then you go, "Hang on a minute, hang on, hang on a minute." Yeah, yeah, pull yourself in. But when I was younger, I was less able to do that. And I was, mm. you know, very fiery, very uh, angry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now as I've gotten older and I understand that sort of process, I can go, okay, come on, take take a couple of, you know, deep exhales here and we're going to you know, calm ourselves down and get a grip yeah. on yourself. Um, and, but it's also a very protective thing. Like, you know, I know that, you know, sometimes I catch a glass that's falling off the table before I've even registered it with my prefrontal cortex. And that's also like your reaction speed. Your amygdala is working at, I don't know what it is, thousands of a second faster yeah. than this. And, and so you're catching things. Uh, and so it can be a very positive thing, but it can also be – and our jails and our, you know, our, our um, justice system are full of people whose amygdalas are more dominant – more yeah. able to control and so they've done things in the spur of the moment you know yeah uh, this, yeah you know um without getting political on it but it, it it is something that we need to practice and work on and it's something that you know you as a parent would know that the younger the child is the less control that they have up there so they they just do whatever their their emotional brain tells them to do scream yeah. yell kick whatever yeah um, and as we get older, we learn to handle that more, but there's still this, you know, this disconnect going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And our brains aren't fully developed until the age of 25. Yeah, apparently we're around that. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll a bit, bit less else. for the girls, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we're <more> but, <laughs> but, you know, you look at that and, and there's decisions being made by young people that are going to affect them for the rest of their life. Exactly. And it's, um, but their brains aren't fully developed to be able to make those long term decisions. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. So that's the sort of awareness and stepping out and unhooking as you said or diffusion and, and looking at yourself so that's the first thing that you can do and yeah. looking at what is in your control and what is not in your control so yeah. how do you approach the stuff that's not in your control that makes you fearful for example yeah yeah well I mean what other people think is a huge one for the majority of my clients it is the number one fear if you want to call it or or yep. anxiety or worry is what others think of, yep. of them and um and even that is a is a very normal so it, it, the next step I guess is about acceptance um and it's not acceptance in a passive way but it's an acceptance of um 
what is a natural part of just the human experience. Mm-hmm. And worrying what people think is actually quite normal because yep. back when we were in tribal, um, in a tribal setting, we had to care what others thought. We had to know that we were adding value to the tribe and the survival of the tribe. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd get kicked out. So, <laughs> um, so it's just that now we're not, um, we're, we're, there's too many people. We have so many connections, not only our physical connection with people, but also through social media. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like this connection overdrive that we have and this worry about what others think is worry about, you know, the, the posts, especially for young people posts on social media and, and their appearance and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, I guess I approach that first of all with my clients that, that this is a, just a natural part of being human. Um, but looking at that thought of, you know, if they're worried about what somebody is thinking of them, looking at that as, as not right or wrong, but is it helpful? If it's not helpful, then do that observing self, diffuse or unhook from it, mm-hmm. create that space and then redirect attention into what needs to be done in that moment. And acceptance of, um, acceptance isn't about that sort of passive, I've got to put up with it. It's not about tolerating anything, Uh but it's about making room for it. And, um, and making room for those thoughts and the, those emotions that come up and using tools like the breath and, you know, exercise that to, to manage it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, the main thing is about discomfort tolerance levels because you know we don't and I know you would talk about comfort zone a oh, lot yeah. in your yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we got so, some with Paul yeah so so Marita um he <clears throat> so excuse me he believed that in Marita therapy there was two sort of opposing forces one was a desire to live fully mm-hmm. and the other one was this desire to be secure and comfortable yeah absolutely. so they're they're opposing each other yeah. but at, as you would know, any success, like all my achievements in my life has involved some level of discomfort. Mm. So, um, and sometimes we're willing to feel that discomfort, you know, even on your wedding day, you feel, um, you're feeling nervous and everything, but you still get married. Yeah. yeah. yeah, But it's, it's that sort of everyday anxiety that we feel. And, and it's this sort of focus on the discomfort and wanting to get rid of it. And when that's intense, this is not easy. I'm not, I'm, I, I no. don't want to lighten this because I know that, that these intense feelings can be quite debilitating for people. But using these tools, um, you make room for it, make space around it and be able to do what's important to you, coexisting, bringing that discomfort with you in the hope that it's going to um, turn down like the intensity it's a bit like a radio playing in the background. You know, if the radio is really loud, it's kind of mm-hmm. taking your attention. It's hard to focus. But using these tools of of diffusing or unhooking, it's slowly the radio just starts to turn down and it might just be a little murmur in the background. Mm. And hanging with that tension long enough, so stepping, you know, being brave enough to take something on, say a challenge, you know, like you're going to America to learn this thing. I bet you're yeah. leaving your kids behind and your husband behind and you're off to this new place and you're like, what the hell am I? doing and oh god yeah 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 all of that sort of stuff <laughs> and you know me and my life going off to run the, the Himalayas or the Sahara and absolutely shitting myself you know yeah, <laughs> going, yeah. well, you know and yeah it sounded all good while you were signing up and you'd had a glass of wine and now yeah. you're like, <laughs> what am I doing and I'm in this so deep there's no way out now so I have to go through uh so I know that tension very very well and I know yeah. that 
that's those are the times when the growth happens, isn't it? When you're pushing, you but you are also risking failure. You are risking being, and this is the sort of dichotomy or the 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 you know how how it's contradictory. We as as human beings seek comfort. We yes. seek safe because that is our DNA programming. You know. Yep. But because we live in such comfortable societies with comfortable couches and comfortable Netflixes to watch and houses that we live in and cars that we drive and we don't ever get out of our comfort zone if we don't want to. Yeah. You know, we can have our food delivered to our door and order our clothes online and we can, you know, we can be very, very insular if, if that's the way that we decide to live. But we're yeah. never going to grow in that state. You know, that's we're right. never going to challenge. We're never going to fulfill our potential. And so when you talk to people, they all want to change they all want to be epic they all want to do like oh, I wish I could be like you and, and I don't know run ultra marathons or run a business or whatever the case may be yeah but nobody and nobody's <laughs> wrong but a lot of people just are not willing to put up with the pain the discomfort the fear the financial investment the time yeah. investment the hard yards yeah in order to reap those rewards so how do you teach yourself to be that little bit tougher yeah, know, yeah. But I'm going to do this. I'm scared anyway, but I'm doing it. You know, yeah. how do you teach yourself that sort of toughness or resilience? Or yeah, because if, if, if you try and avoid or suppress those strong, you know, intense emotions, it's going to affect your life. You're not going to be able to live fully by staying in, in that comfort zone. And I love, I was, you know, it just reminded me of the cold shower thing. Yes. <laughs> I had my cold shower this morning. So we're, we're running this eight-week course, which I know mm-hmm. we might talk about later, but part yeah. of that is this ritual of the cold shower. Yeah. Now, I don't particularly like the cold. <laughs> No. And um, and I like being comfortable as well. It's like I don't, you know, being anxious or nervous. It's it's not a nice feeling to to have. So, but what you can do is practice getting uncomfortable. So deliberate practice. And um, I think Paul called it um, discomfort harvesting or harvesting discomfort. That's right. That's what I should do a PhD in. I reckon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm good at harvesting discomfort. There you go. We've got your PhD topic. (laughs) But cold cold showers are such a good tool to get out of your comfort zone because you have total control at the end of your nice warm shower, which is nice and comfortable. You have control whether you turn that to cold and spend a minimum of 30 seconds under that cold water. Being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable. And if you can't do that, then the likelihood of when something goes wrong and these intense emotions come up then the likelihood of you being able to handle that could be low if you can't even handle having a cold shower exactly so that's i mean cold showers as you know have you know there's there's huge benefits oh huge benefits on immune system and and Mm. and you know even emotional well-being and everything but from me and my experience of them it is about getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Because I need to practice that as well. Yeah, we all do all the yeah. time. Yeah. It's not like you, you know, this is the, this is the, the misconception too that you've done it, you you know, you, uh, in my case, so I've done one ultra marathon, therefore you're tough for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. it doesn't work like that. This is something you need to, you know, use it or lose it. 
stuff. You know, and that's why yeah. that daily ritual stuff is very important. Absolutely. And it, we're never exonerated. We'll, we'll keep, no. we're, until the day we die, we'll, we'll keep doing this stuff because, you know, we're human. And, and that's the acceptance part of it is that life is hard. I think I loved Matthew McConaughey. He's, um, did I pronounce that right? Yep. Um, he's that speech that he did for the students who are graduating. Oh, okay. No, I haven't heard that one. Well, one of the things he just said, life is hard. And, you know, there's nothing original in that, but it's just the way he said it. It's like you need to, to you it. need it, get used to it. You need to prepare for it because we're not, life will not, as humans, we will not stay in this comfortable environment. Something will happen. Somebody yep. will get sick. You know, something, the jobs will be lost. It's yep. like COVID happened and businesses were like, you know, it's like stuff happens to us. So what we can do while things are going well is put ourselves out of our comfort zone on just small things on yep. a daily basis. And then when the shit hits a fan, we can really cope with it. Yeah, and this is this is just summed up my my entire books really. Okay, (laughs) in a a mouthful because it is about you know scaring the crap out of yourself, pushing the limits, and finding what you can do. Not all the time. Like we need times for you know you've spoken about this before about rest and recovery times and coming back so that you can recover from that big thing that you just took on. You can't just go back to back to back, scary big awesome huge things all the time because that leads to burnout and PTSD yep. and goodness knows what else. So it yeah. is a matter everything that I study in biology and in psychology and all of the areas that I study, it seems to be this flow. Life loves this this ebb and flow, you know, from right from our nutrition. So, you know, eating the same thing all the time, always being on keto, it's not good. Yeah. It, it's about this this up and down. And with biology, you know, you want to have a little bit of this and then you want to pull back. You want a little bit of cold. And when it comes to hermetic stresses, doing things like saunas, like cold showers, like training and exercise, if you do too much, you're going to, you know, um, if, you, if you look at those four phases of resistance, you know, um, uh, stress, sorry, where you've got the resistant, uh, the, the, what is it, the alert phase and then the resistance phase and then the recovery or exhaustion phase. And if you just, mm. if you going over training you're not going to get the you're not going to get that response that super yeah. compensation and it's the same thing here you want to be going flowing in and out of tough times come back recover see how that went then have another crack at something else in a different area of your life perhaps and that this ebb and flow of life is is you know if we if we just stay in the static then we're actually going backwards and where this really matters uh, for me, you know, and the, and the stuff that I do is when it comes to health, because if you're not in this uh, willingness to put up with the things like the cold showers and going training when you don't feel like it and eating good food and, um, you know, trying to have these stable fundamental health habits and working on them, like I'm not perfect and no one's perfect, but yeah. working on these things, um, then we're going to pay the price with your life, your health, you know, uh, and, you know, yes, we're all going to die one day, but I hope that I will live a healthy, long lifespan, a very long yeah. one, and I want to have health for as long as I possibly can. And so by studying all this, by learning all this, you can actually hopefully hinder, you know, the worst things happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of things. You can't prevent everything because, like, you know, like you said, some things are outside of our control and we have to acknowledge that. But, okay, what can I do to 
up the odds that I'm going to live long, up the odds that I'm going to be healthy until the end, you know, all of those types of things because the price, and I've seen this in my own life and in my own family, unfortunately, when they didn't acknowledge all those things along the way and then the big freight train came and hit yeah them, yeah you know, and then and then you're pushing the proverbial uphill yeah you know there's uh, a reflection exercise that I do with my clients and it's um imagine that you're 80 and you're reflecting back on your life but but it's your life today so you don't go back any in the past it's like you're reflecting back on your life today and one of the questions is what would you do differently and it's and it's a really powerful question because it gets you to kind of look at your life in more in a sort of analytical way and go well actually you know things like oh I'd, I'd exercise more or I'd drink less or you know I'd spend spending more time with your family is a huge yeah. one yeah. that that's usually the number one thing I would spend more time with my kids or more time with my family and and once you've got that list you can look at that and and then you have the power today to choose those things moving forward. So if you if you project yourself into the future, mm. reflect back, you then are able to almost design your life how Love you that. want to live from this point onwards. Yeah, that, that, and, and so that you, you know, because we all, you know, I think we've heard, you know, what are pe- people that are on their deathbeds thinking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what are their greatest regrets that they wish they had done? And it is things like that. It's not, yeah. that I wish I'd worked more. Yeah. Uh, I wish I'd earned more money. Uh, you know, we need a certain amount of work and we need a certain amount of money to live and certain, you know, all of these sorts of things. But it is, it is what is your highest priorities and then aligning your values and what you're doing to those priorities. And that's, yeah. Really, it's a, it's a dynamic thing. It changes a little bit, and your values and all the things change over time. Yeah. Um. But being in alignment with your greatest priorities now is, you know, something that we need to keep reevaluating. And are we on track for that? And that, I mean, I'm talking to myself here, you know, because I'm, uh, you know, definitely a workaholic, and you know, I I want to. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Write another book. Do do a PhD. Yeah. whatever dreams and and things that you've got and then you're like hmm that's going to take me away from my family that's going and earlier in my life I'd be just like I wouldn't even thought that I would have just been so excited about the thing and now I've got to start to think about those things because you realize now I'm 52 and you know like I'm running out of time here yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. things that I want and um when you lose a loved one like I you know recently lost my dad that's a real like woof. Yeah, yeah. You know, because otherwise you you sort of like when 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 there's no major thing like that has happened to you yet, um, you're just bumbling along and everything's okay and you're sort of doing you know and you're not like and now like when I talk to my family members and stuff about you know my father, it's like I wish I'd taken him fishing more. I yeah. wish more time I wish I'd learned from the and we're all wishing we had you know done yeah the other um and and it's so it, it is that 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 wake up call that is like how do you want to be thinking in the next 20 years then yeah yeah and I and that and that's kind of a silver lining thing as well isn't it and even though something you know as 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 sad and and the loss of a loved one that silver lining is that 
you can learn from that and go, well, I, I wish I'd done that. And then is there an opportunity now to do, to, now. To do that with, with somebody who's here and with you? Exactly. And yeah, yeah. Yep. Do you know, I was thinking one of the things that I've started doing consistently now, because, you know, with, with, with life, the modern world, the way it is, and it's rush, 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 rush. And, you know, we're getting up and we're almost, you know, a lot of us are on autopilot. Yeah. And I know I was, mm. um, even with it's like, right, I'll do my ex, I'll go to my CrossFit class or my exercise class. And then I'm going to work and then do this. It's like, go, 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 go. Yeah. So many inputs and it's like emails and text messages and social media. It's like everything's oh, kind of wow. input. It's overwhelm. So what I started doing, and it's actually Craig Harper. I was on his podcast last year and he, and right at the end of it, it was before Christmas. I totally walked into this. He was like, so, <laughs> so what, do, what, what's something that you want to achieve in 2021? And, and I said, <laughs> I said, oh, I want to get up earlier because what I was finding, even though I was still getting up like 6.30, but I was just finding I was just going straight into it. Yeah. And and so he sent me this 100-day challenge to get up at 5.30 each day. And what I did was I had, I've started this pre-input routine. I don't know if you do this. Wow. Tell so, me. so I get up and there's no phone. I do not touch my phone. I don't have my phone in my room. It's, it's on charge in the kitchen. So don't go near it. Don't go near a computer. What I've started doing is the first thing I do is I journal. Yep. So I, and, and it's not a, uh, it's not a journal where I'm writing paragraphs of, of stuff. It's, it's all kind of dot points, but mm-hmm. the first thing I do is I measure, the, I do a metric. So I just say alarm went off at 5.30, got up at 5.45, or maybe I did get up at 5.30 or maybe I got up at six, but I, I measure it. Mm-hmm. And so over time I've kind of been able to see, well, what influenced me, whether I didn't get up or whether I did get up. Most of it is what I did the night before. Yep. The morning starts the night before. So, um, you know, you can see patterns there. But the big thing that I found is that it gives me silence and I think silence is something that we're missing in today's world because of all these inputs. Mm. And if you can sit with silence, that's when you can really think about things. You can observe your thoughts. You can start being creative when ideas come up. So so um, true. Yeah. So, so before any inputs, I journal, I look at um, what my wins were yesterday um, and really celebrate those. Brilliant. Um, have you heard BJ Falk? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yep, so tiny he, habits. Love it. Yeah. Tiny <laughs> habits. So, and you know, he says to celebrate the small things and you get that little dopamine hit and dopamine is also the neurotransmitter for, for motivation. Yes. So um, it's, so, you know, I, I will journal, you know, even micro moments that I've had with people outside in the community that that I thought oh that was a really you know with my barista yeah. it's like she makes me a great coffee and she has a chat and tells me how my hair looks nice and yeah. you know it's those sort of little things that that are that I think we need to to have more focus on and and, and to celebrate those sort of moments in our life because yeah. otherwise they just pass up they're just fleeting and we're yeah. on to the next thing and when we we tend to just be looking at the big picture all the time like the big goals the 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 the, the program we're writing or the book we're doing or the, the project at work or whatever the case is and we don't celebrate those and I've started to you because you know I'm running you know three companies I've got a disabled mom that I still look after you know 24 7 seven days a week um you know it's full on and yeah. and, and, it, and, it, and and a lot of the time you're just like 
it's just like some days I'm just like, how the hell does any human brain do this? You know, like I'm just like, you know, I've got a pretty good brain, but I'm not keeping up. And then then you drop the ball and you're like, oh, you're such, like I said to my husband, oh, I dropped the ball on this appointment the other day and I'm such an idiot. And he said, stop, stop, stop. You're not an idiot. You're telling yourself that. And I'm going, of course I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Observe that. (laughs) Is that helpful? No. Thanks for pointing that out to me. And yeah, you're doing the best you bloody well can in this very difficult situation. You know, give yourself a break. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, so you, and we're all doing that. Like we're all like <laughs> trying to keep up because yeah. it seems to get faster and more. And and so taking moments out, like um, uh, an appointment fell through this morning. Uh, so oh, opportunity. Now I can either get into some work, which is plenty to do. Yeah. Or I, my husband comes out and he listen, he's looking all down on the dumps and exhausted. And I, let's go for a walk, darling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. Let's go and just walk for, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah, get some sunshine on our eyes, wake ourselves up, have a talk about the day before and then come back and, you know, and then, wow, it's a different start to the day. Yeah, amazing. Because yeah. usually it's just back, 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 you know, and, yeah. and 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 then, you you know, you find yourself at 10 o'clock at night when you finally sat down for the first time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you just like, you turn the telly on or something just to just, zone out yeah yeah and and to sort of compensate for this whirlwind um and you know but building into your day those little micro times where you're oh there's a beautiful flower yes you know? yeah being in the in the oh what beautiful sunshine and oh there's someone smiling at me hi how are you doing you know like yeah. just those little wee things that can help you get enough energy to get through to the next and that, that's where attention comes in too, which is part of Marita therapy, is that we can pay attention internally to our problems and our thoughts, our feelings or our, or our pain, um, or we can even with all that going on, we can still pay attention to a beautiful flower. Or we, It's about um, one of the most simple, and it sounds crazy, but using your senses can get you out of your head and into the present moment. Yeah. And, and we were talking about, I think, Paul may have mentioned this. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that it's um, one of the exercises is looking for the color blue. Yep. So if you uh, find you're ruminating in thoughts or if you're drive, driving in the car, I find that that's when I start, like, all the thoughts come up when I'm driving. It's like, you know, because it's such an automatic thing that yeah. you do. So I really try and um, redirect my attention. There's a metaphor of a torch. So the beam of light is your attention and you have control over where you shine that beam Brilliant. of light. I love so, that. Yeah, it's, it's so, it's such, so effective. So am I, am I shining that torch? in my on my internal world or can I redirect it with all this going on, redirect it to the outside world and I'll just look for things of colour blue. Look for tiny things of colour blue. Look for, you know, the, obviously the sky hopefully yeah. will be blue. You know, look for different shades of blue and what that does, it doesn't get rid of what's going on internally but it just redirects your attention. It distracts you from the internal yeah. looping, the looping that goes on in your brain. You know, when you start to just, those thoughts just keep going around in circles and there's actually no yeah. solution coming out of it. Yeah. Um, and this is the sort of thinking that goes on at two o'clock in the morning when you wake up and yes. your cortisol has gone up and you, you've got some project that you're struggling with or something and it's just loop, 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 and you've got to break that loop. That's the hardest time because at two o'clock in the morning you can't really look for the colour blue. <laughs> no. you know, but, you know, you can ask yourself a question. 
is this happening now? Oh, then I, this is not, it's a statement, this isn't this happening is not, now. Yep. And I so have because you, yeah, you say because you're thinking about the future or you're thinking about the past, and but it's not happening now. And what's happening now is that you need to sleep. Yeah. So and then that, I focus on my do breath work and, and yeah. stuff. If I'm and that, you know it doesn't happen so much to me now that like does on occasion. Yeah. Um. But you know <clears throat> where we you know do some breath work where you're concentrating on the exhale and there's lots of different breath, you know, box breathing or, you know, four, seven, eight breathing. I like to do where you're doing this massively long exhale and that really slows down the power, you know, it was on the parasympathetic nervous system and can actually help you fall back to sleep. And I find that very, very powerful. Yeah. And, and, but it's just breaking that, that cycling in your head. When you find yourself like with a, with a specific problem that you're just not getting the answers to, Mm. going round and round that's when you you know need to go and either meditate breathe go for a walk go for a run do something that actually changes your mood yes so and you you're allowing space because a lot of the time I think people think I have to stay here and nut this out and solve this problem right now otherwise it's going to get worse yeah actually when you let go and you let it have time and space that's when the answers come to you yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and looking at looking at what's within your control in that moment. You know, it's not within your control that these ruminating thoughts keep coming up, but what is within your control is how you respond to them. Yeah. So what you do in that moment. And a really good question to ask is what needs to be done now? Yep. So because yep. we only it's are a series of moments. Yeah. It's it's like we only have the present moment. And and most of the time the the anxiety or the ruminating thoughts are not related to the present no, moment they're, they're about the future. the future or the past yeah mm-hmm. yeah so getting back to actually do you know that reminds me there was there was a study done I don't know if you've heard of it by Matt Killingsworth and he's done this study on um the wandering mind mm-hmm and how it relates to happiness. And he created this app and there was like 35,000 people involved in this study. And what he did is like throughout the day, people were just getting on with their day and throughout the day, these questions would pop up. It's like, what are you doing now? And they had like, you know, a list of like 50 things they might be doing, like I'm on the train or I'm at work or whatever. And then it was, what are you, um, are are you thinking about what you're doing or are you thinking about something else? So it was, it was measuring their wandering mind and then measuring their happiness levels. Wow. And, you know, it showed that even if you are stuck in traffic, which is a very frustrating thing, especially if you're running late, if your mind was wandering, you were less happy than if you were in the present moment, just observing your surroundings. Just looking at the traffic and wow. And you were, you were even happier being in the present moment, stuck in traffic than if you were in a pleasant moment or, or, but having a wandering mind, if that makes sense. So So staying in the present. Being in the present moment and and sort of, and and I think we we need to practice. It is is a skill and attention is a skill and and being aware that um, our attention is constantly being robbed. It's just like advertising and, you know, social media. It's just constant attention. So if we can 
take control of our attention and get into the present moment, then that can have such a huge impact on our well-being. Oh, absolutely. And this is what, you know, one of the things where I love like a podcast like this, I am fully focused on you in this conversation and nothing is pulling at me right now. Whereas when I'm working on the computer and there's a hundred windows open and I'm I'm about to (laughs) absolutely. And, you know, oh, I'm just going to drop on messenger so that I can do this task, send a message to so-and-so. I get onto, you know, messenger. This is an example. And then, oh, there's another message coming. Oh, who was that from? Oh, 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 I'll answer that. And then you're off and you're over here and you're over there. And that original thing that you were actually meant to be doing in that moment is gone. And this is the difficulty. And even though I know that this happens and I'm trying to control it because, you know, and, and, and shutting those windows down is not always an option because you, you know, you have to have the windows open. Otherwise you're going to refine the bloody websites every time. But um, having the control to go, no, I'll we'll work on that later. Yeah. So like I'm working with a guy at the moment who I'm sure I'm driving insane um, <laughs> <laughs> on systems and processes because this is a thing that my brain does not do well. And it's driving my business partner mental because I am constantly like chasing shiny objects, super excited about science, you know, like running here and there, learning everything, wanting to do 100 courses not focusing on the things that need, to, you know, the systems and the processes and the boring the shit. detail, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I've got this poor guy who's trying to help me. Um, shout out to Mike Drone. Um, get my calendar sorted. Get my scheduling sorted. Get my inbox under control. Get, you know, these these basic systems that, and, you know, it was, it was an interesting, like, you know, the calendly thing that you have to have, you, you know, all professional people have. And I yeah. have, like, I can't do it. I can't work it out. You know, I can't work it out. And I, what happens if they're overseas? And, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't get it. And yeah. it, there was this resistance to it because I didn't want to waste my time learning something that I am not interested in. And yeah. somebody else take care of that. And I tried to get my assistant to take care of it and tried to get my husband to take care of it. And nobody would take care of it. They kept landing back on my lap. Yeah. And then I, and so Mike said, you have to do it, you know? And so I actually spent yesterday, like a good two, three hours setting it up. And I was so proud of myself. Because yeah. Stuff I hate. <laughs> and did you just but focus... Did you just focus on that that task that you yes, had to do and didn't right. have anything else come in? Yeah, I had things coming in, but I kept bringing my focus back and I actually managed it for the first time in history, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> on a thing that I'm not interested in. Because if it's a thing that I'm interested in, if it's science, man, I'm, I, I know, like I will listen to stuff and learn stuff and read stuff for Africa hours yep. every day. That's what yep. I love. That's my happy place. But when yeah. it comes to doing the admin, the tax, the accounting, the blah, 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 and learning that software, oh, God, yeah. just, you yeah. know, but it's not because I'm, you know, and I thought, oh, you know, I've always thought, oh, you're just too dumb for that. You just don't get it. You know, your brain doesn't work. And that was an excuse really. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I can, and I know I have a good brain that can cope with it. It's mm. just that I never gave it the attention because yeah. I didn't want to be there. Yeah. And that's still going to be a battle, but, you know, it's an you interesting know, it, thing. It, it, it reminds me too that this this morning sort of pre-input routine that um, what a lot of people do is deep work in that time. So if there's something 
really important that you need to work on like if you're writing a book or like whatever it is that you want to spend uh, two hours on or however many hours on without any inputs do that first thing in the morning amen yeah yeah and the phones out don't have your email open don't have those but if you can yeah yeah or turn turn off your notifications or but um but have that as your your deep work and get that done and then you get on with the day with all the other stuff that that you need to do it's um there's a lot of people yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and it's that stephen covey thing that you know the important not urgent stuff like do that first what's Mm. the most yeah and then that's really hard to do you know and when uh and prioritizing those lists and having and this is where the systems and processes coming in as i'm finding out now as i'm working on this is that you know this is urgent and important okay you have to do that right away and if it's just urgent but not important it can wait you know yeah you know I've forgotten all the whole list of things that you you sort of and, and, and but doing that in an automatic fashion so that you actually know what then if 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 a free space comes into your life like a cancellation or something okay what is the thing that I can grab out of my to do list yeah that should be filling that space and I I'm still working on that one instead of getting dragged any which way which I still tend to do yeah yeah um, which is so easy to thing. do yeah yeah and there's a billion things when as you know when yourself you know got your own company and you're working there is a billion hats you have to wear every yeah. day and yeah. then that becomes just you know like you can work 24/7 and still be behind yeah yeah it's crazy and that's why you know what you were saying before when you had that opportunity when you had that space because you missed an appointment you know you you had a, that space to choose where you were going to go and you chose a walk with your husband yep. which is yeah. just such a good recovery thing to do and a time to be present and and a time to spend time with somebody that you love and 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 grasp those opportunities yeah and not feel guilty which is what I did yeah. do. I should. I, I. I really should have picked that other project up. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. I really should have given my husband the time when he needed it, or my mum, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. In that moment, and take those little opportunities that come up. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So important. So important. Oh, Carly, mm. this has been such an interesting conversation. I feel like we could go for another couple of hours, and maybe I'll get you back on because we yeah. didn't even get into the rest of the the act therapy and the you know the the different areas. But is there anything you know as we start to wrap up now? Anything else that you think that we haven't covered that we should that that would really help people out there listening? Uh, look, I think the the sort of the overarching thing with with this approach is having a is having a purpose driven life rather than an emotional driven life, and and what I mean by purpose is that it's it's not this sort of big old what's my purpose of life, but the purpose of the moment. So even with um, you know when when worry or anxiety or ruminating thoughts, just looking at what is my purpose in this moment, and it could be a simple thing as I need to clean up the kitchen mm-hmm. because you know that's you know having your house in order is is something that's important yep. to me. Yep. Um, and and so it's those sort of small things that we do every day that um, that that kind of creates purpose in in our lives. And I think that's an important thing to because it's so easy to to have our emotions drive us. Yeah. And and respond with depending on how we're feeling. But if we can look at the purpose of the moment, then we can make those choices that are going to help us live more fully. Yeah, and not relying on motivation all the time, but taking action and doing the things that are on your, you know, the highest priority. Yeah. 
And you, you and Paul have an eight-week program. Um, so you, you're doing a, an eight-week program, which is all around, uh, well, you tell us a little bit about that, what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So we're running an eight-week program. We've got about 93 on it, which wow. um, it's our first one. So we're really, really pleased. That's amazing. And, um, yeah, so we do a weekly Zoom session mm-hmm. um, every Tuesday night. It goes for about an hour and a half. And it's basically we go through um, all the different domains of, of, of our lives and the different areas. So nutrition, mindset is a big one, um, uh, exercise, um, so we, each week we have sort of a different topic mm-hmm. and then there's an app that um, goes with that. So there's um, like a ritual board. So everybody has daily rituals that they can tick off. Cold shower is one of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. And um, and they get points for that. So there's a bit of healthy competition going on. There's a leaderboard on who's, yeah. who's doing what. And, yeah, we've had such good response from people. It's um, It's been amazing. So, yeah, we're hoping to do another one soon, soon after yep. this one's finished. We're halfway through now. Brilliant, brilliant. I think, you know, this is the sort of stuff I love and, you know, I eat for breakfast, love this stuff. I think it's so important that we're working on this sort of thing. So where can people find you and reach out to you and to Paul and what you're doing? What's your your website and your, your, your social media handles and so on? Yeah, so mine is carlytaylorcoaching.com.au and Instagram's carlytaylorcoaching and then mindbodybrain.com.au which you'll find more about the the Better You course, um, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, it's a behaviour change course. So that's um, that's the eight-week program. Mm-hmm. We'll put all those so, notes in the show notes. And <laughs> <laughs> and then Instagram is mindbodybrain, which is, Mind um, brain. yeah, okay. yeah. Look, Carly, you've been fantastic today. Thank you so much for your time and your input and your passion that you bring to the stuff. Oh, I, I thank just, you so much for having me. It's been great to meet you. It's just been epic. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation. And I think a lot of people will have got a lot of practical tips to take away from this conversation as well. Yeah, they'll all be looking for the colour blue today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com 